Bizarre. <laughs> so I was, I was talking about the study that was done, I think it was in the early 2000s, where they, they get um, identical twins and one of them, uh, they were females and one of them was on their period and the other wasn't. And they set up a scenario in a restaurant um, and had people rate the looks of their waitress. Um, and it, it was like 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10, the girl that was on her period was rated prettier. Um, because you know your body is naturally going to pump out different hormones so your cheeks are going to flush a different color pink your lips are going to be a little bit fuller a little bit pinker boobs are going to be a little bit bigger um, just the pheromones that like your body instinctually gives off people are attracted to that and so it's really interesting like girls girls feel so ugly on their period they're like oh you know like i have cramps and i'm, I'm breaking out and i'm bloated yeah and i just feel ugly and she's like i just want to eat like pickles and chocolate you know um but like uh, statistically um men are more attracted to women when they're ovulating and when they're on their period. Um, and so I think a lot of that same psychological like influence happens to women that are pregnant. I mean, you know, so it's like your body is producing these different things. You're glowing in a different way. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of research. I haven't dug into it too much, but I find it fascinating that you literally become a different person throughout your uh, pregnancy. And then when you give birth, um, a lot of personal statements and um, like summaries and things like that when you go back and survey women they're like yeah i've completely changed you know like my outlook on different things my approach to different situations my need to protect my need to nurture all all of that like instinctual biology starts to come out and i think that makes women so much more attractive than what's so interesting is, is like you look at you look at people who don't necessarily like deal with anything on like a feeling basis and not to get like too like spiritual science but like honestly like i feel like it vibes like something about as you were saying like the glow about it it's like i almost feel like there's a there's you can feel the extra essence there's this radiating depth and their aura becomes it's it's, it's, it's an expansion it's like the amount of ground that they cover in and what is so, solidly like the oomph it's like it's noticeable at least yeah. to me yeah yeah i think that the energy that a woman goes through to create a literal life form inside of them takes more energy and they have to focus it in a particular way and you know, all of the nutrients and uh, hormones are being flushed into your system. So there's not only going to be like physiological changes, there's going to be a lot of physical things. And I think if you're a person that is really energy sensitive, then not only, like, you know, you can look at a woman that's like pregnant and see the glow, but if you're energy sensitive, I think you can see the extension of that aura. I think, you know, when there's two people inside of one, what I think is also interesting what you're saying about the uh, you know people always say that like oh when you're your mother it kind of changes things like there's this bond that develops but I I think it's so interesting to see someone go from extremes because I've watched people who sorry who um, thank you who've basically been I don't want to say like irresponsible but more flighty kind of like you know willing to bail on plans and stuff all, all of a sudden I've seen them they obtain this almost this mature it's definitely a maturity but like a maturity to where all of a sudden they're willing to plan things or they're looking at the bigger picture i'm like you never used to look at the bigger picture and they'll be like well yeah and it's it's almost like it's just like this something i don't know it's just this something and i guess you know part of it's biology but not all not all women have it but some, some women develop it more than others i'd say most have it because i've definitely had some women that do some ratchet shit that's your mom well i think you know when I think it, you know you you sort of need to grow up. You need to start planning. You know, it's it's not only about you. And I think that having that reality shift inside of a person's, you know, being so absorbed in their own ego and then going to, wow, I have this life form that I have created that I need to protect. I mean, that that definitely is going to switch 
the way that you view the world and it's going to take more planning because you know ideally your mothers would want um you know to provide the best environment for their child to flourish um and i think you know there's a lot of psychology that goes into like postpartum depression um and different you know aspects of denial or you know not wanting the baby like what if the circumstances weren't like a happy married couple you know like what if it was a pregnancy that was brought on by a trauma or um you know just there was let's say you know like a birth defect or the child's born with like um, an intellectual disability a physical disability anything like that you know like a mother you know i think when they don't make the different changes and you don't really see that huge drastic thing it's a lot going on with them and in internally and then they have this life form where they sort of put a lot of self-blame and a lot of blame on like the circumstances onto that child and so i think you know and whether it's 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 all a spectrum so like you're either looking at like a drastic change from like the woo valley girl party girl to you know a respectable hard-working like let's plan let's save every penny so this kid can go to college or you have you know a party valley girl who has a child and then is you know, never really knows what postpartum depression is and isn't really able to cope with all the transitions. I mean, having a child is, I mean, you know, and I haven't had a child, but I can imagine it's one of the most transformative things that a person can experience, you know, and if you're not ready for that, that can be really detrimental to like your own view of yourself and your own world. Well, it's just like, it takes like my mom, like she was just going through so much, especially like, I know, drugs, bad boyfriends, all the, all the shit we went through. But what's interesting is one thing I didn't know about her, is that even all the ones that she put up for adoption and she still remembers her birthday like and she celebrates them. I didn't know that about her and that's that was weird that was sort of like a a moment where I connected to my mom I was like there you go so you're more human than I thought you were so yeah, yeah and I think I mean that's another thing I think it's hard for the children when they grow up to, to you know like what you were saying about seeing the two sides of a mom like when she's around her kid she has to assume a role and play the part and when she's not around her child you know they they get to be a person and I think that's really hard for kids when they get older is to like look at their parents and say like man like you really are just like a big kid trying their best you know and sometimes it's really hard to I think we forget that it's like when you're little you think oh adults have all this stuff and then you get to be in the wall and you're like oh they are they're literally just like throwing the throwing their dicks in the wind yeah it's like everybody's just like I'm literally taking a little bit of what I've heard with what I was raised on and then taking some guesses and um, half the time you laugh the crap I, I rented you about as a kid it's just like I was like I'm gonna say this right now and act like I know what I'm talking about you were just son of a bitch you were taking a guess exactly <laughs> yeah and so I mean it's it's definitely it's got to be a huge adjustment you know um but I appreciate that. Like when I when I see she's all you know like oh sorry I'm having to be this way. And I'm like but no I'm like I respect that because it's like the fact that you're putting this individual first. Like that's that's really cool because this this person can't this little person can't if you leave them their own devices will not survive. Yeah. And yeah, it's I mean it's they're definitely a martyr in a type of way. And I mean I think it's interesting for all the like sub branches of mothers like working in the therapeutic foster care um, agency that I was recently with like. I got to see a lot of the sides of the mothers, like mothers who, you know, um, can't give birth. And I, I remember I had this mentor in college and I, we went and studied abroad and I remember having a heart to heart with her one day and I was like on that trip and I was like, you know, thank you so much for um, like taking us here. Like this is really fantastic. I never thought I'd get an opportunity like this and I just really appreciate it. It was like a very like heartwarming moment and her background she she's a social worker and she was a doula and she was um midwife and all of these different you know birthing coaches and working with pregnant mothers and 
you know, she looked at me and she was like, you know why I like to do this? And I was like, why? She told me that she can't have kids. And so working with kids and being an educator and working, you know, with young minds is like the only way that she can feel like a mother. And I, I took that, I still hold on to that memory. That was probably like three years ago. And I find it so interesting because working with foster parents, you see that there's a lot of resentment in themselves and from their children thinking that they're not as much of a mother because they didn't give birth. And on the flip side, a lot of the mothers that put their children up for adoption, you know, they deal with a lot of guilt. I don't think anyone ever goes through that process, you know, easily. I think that's a, it's a heartbreaking process. There's a lot of decisions. There's lots of hoops to jump through. There's a lot of stigma around that. And so it's got to be challenging. And so it's like, I mean, that's going to change you either way. So I think it's beautiful that that's something that your mother still does, you know, celebrates the birthdays. And, and, and I think it's so hard to like, you know, like, oh, I was a you know, crappy mother when I was a kid. But at the same time, you're like, what do you expect an 18-year-old who's not getting support from their family at all? Like, you're like, hey, I need help. You're like, not going to help you. And then you're, you got no other choice, but you're with these guys that are abusive. You leave one, go to the next one. And it's just like. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, you know, people only make the best decisions that they can make in their, in their current situation. And I think, you know, with hindsight, that's such a blessing. But um, I think, you know, it's, it's such a gift being a mother. And I think this is such a wonderful topic that we just got on considering the fact that it's Mother's Day. That's true. You know, that's so. interesting, Mother's Day. That, that's kind of funny because, like, but, but like, you know, I have, I have some people are like, oh, I don't find that attractive. I'm like, people are like, how could you find a pregnant woman attractive? Because it's like, I, I, you, do you realize how weird it is that, like, we're this thing, this flesh suit, and we're able to produce another flesh suit out of the flesh suit. Right. Like, that's, that's fantastic. It's like those China dolls. Like, they, like, open one and there's China yes, on, on the you, inside. You, it's, it, you, you, it's, you take, I feel like we take it for granted we're so used to it that we forget, like, yo, we're basically these, like, robots that feel about it that are able to produce more robots that, Yeah, that I mean, the human it. body is absolutely fascinating, um, you know, and I think just looking at a woman going through a pregnancy is the perfect example of it, you know? I mean, there's so many emotions and so many changes, and it's just, it's such a wonderful thing that, you're right, I think we do take for granted. I'm, I'm wondering, like, what to degree, though, because it's like, you look at guys that like, aren't necessarily, don't find it, they're like, ugh, I'm like, but I, all the ones that I've ever heard say that, they're also, like, not as, they, I feel like they have live a more basic life, that they're sort of more stuck in, like, the... Because there's the what I call like the, the four levels of attraction. You've got like your basic physical, which everybody has. It's biological. Then most people get to the emotional, which is you appreciate this person. You have feelings for them. It doesn't even have to necessarily make sense, but you feel something. And so then you have an emotional connection, which of course will eventually lead to the physical connection or immediately leads to the physical connection. Then you get like where a, some people get, which is the um, the uh, oh, what is it? The uh, I think it's the emotional kind of not the emotional. It's the uh, there's a step, like the step in between uh, the four, this and the fourth step, and it's basically where you 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 appreciate this person. There's like this equality about it. Like you both like, oh, I like that person's mind. I like that person's thought process. But you don't necessarily challenge each other. You guys are sort of like equal. So it's like, oh, I appreciate the things you say, and I appreciate the things you do. But you both are kind of stuck on the same place. Yeah, you just mesh and you don't. Really and then there's like the ultimate level, which is like this rational level of like, holy crap! Like I'm my own independent person who's kicking ass. You're your own independent person. But when we interact together, you are we're both helping each other grow. Like so, not only do we appreciate each other for what we are, 
and we have this commonality, but we're also becoming more than what we were. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are, don't, a good chunk of people don't get past the second level. And even the, some people get to the third, we're like, oh, I get this. And that's why I feel like some people are unhappy because they're like, oh, it's like, okay, I, I appreciate you, but like, there's not that you're not making each other better. Mm-hmm. If you're not around somebody that's actually making you become more than what you are, it's eventually gonna, gonna get circular. And I think that's what's so interesting about this topic is because, you know, you just described two consenting adult individual people that have higher cognition than an infant that create that change and go through those stages. But I think when a mother gives birth to a child, the second that they have that first initial kangaroo care, that change happens. If they don't have to work towards it, the child doesn't have to have a higher level of cognition. They don't need to talk about, you know, physics, emotions, economics, you know, things like that. It's, and I think that's what's beautiful about it. It's like the purest form of love, whether or not it's situation like there's no way to to change anything like that I mean that's just that's incredible for me to think about you know you, you which I think it says a lot we were talking about the other day about you know uh, you know certain genes that are that are recessive but like the account the information's in there like something may go you know three generations without appearing again mm-hmm. and just the right thing activated that gene it's interesting that like the, the all the potential for the other human is in there and that it's not an automatic but it's in there it's just like a, 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 a seed it's like a seed has the entire potential of the of the entire plant in it but it isn't it like it, it can immediately just be the seed be chopped in half never gets to its point but all the information's there and so i feel like you know that that child is half the mom like it's literally half of you mm-hmm. like half of your code it's like there's this uh what do they call it when there's um when something is here and it can immediately uh, quantum entanglement, where something is here, it can be across the thing and they're 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 entangled from the distance. Yeah, it's like yeah. there's like this entanglement between because twins experience that too to a degree, but like a mom and, and their and their kid, it's just like they just know. Like I can't tell you how many moms are like, hey, they're calling their daughter and like I was just about to do something ratchet or I knew just, something just happened to them. They just they just knew it. And it's the same thing, you know. Like mothers instinctually can tell the difference in the baby's cries depending on the pitch because it's something that. You know, like when we hear, if we got an airplane right now, which, you know, we can't do, but if we were to do that and we heard a baby cry, it, it would just sort of sound like a high-pitched squeal and we'd kind of be like, you know, can someone shut that baby up? And the dad may even just be like, oh my gosh, like why is it crying? I don't know. But the mother is going to instinctually know between the different pitches of the child's shrieks, oh, it's hungry, oh, it needs to go to the bathroom, oh, the sun from the plane light is in its eyes and it's upsetting him, you know? Like, and that's something like, you can't teach that. And that's so miraculous to think that that is just like, just a skill, you know, <laughs> that you just develop after creating a life form. So I, I was wondering, like, I, I haven't had a chance to read. This is one thing I have not had a chance to research at all. And that is why some women experience postpartum and some women don't. What, so you're asking, like, why it is? Yeah, do you, you, you know, like, what? what? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually more common than you, you would think. Um, a lot of people don't lump it in with depression and a lot of people when you're going through your pregnancy like an ideal pregnancy so you're you know going for your checkups and you know you have you'll go to like parenting classes and learn how to change a diaper none of that curriculum ever covers postpartum so a lot of times like women don't think they experience it because they don't really know what it is and so a lot of times like I would say and this is a butchered statistic, but maybe 80% of women are going to experience and And, you know, that's because it's, it's stressful. There's a lack of sleep. There's uh, an isolation period of, you know, readjust, like the beginning of that readjustment of your whole life. I mean, 
that and it's terrifying holy shit having a kid would be so scary you know all of the thoughts of like what what if i screw this up you know like that inevitably is going to lead to a person experiencing some sort of depression and, and there are you know there's going to be biology inside of it so it's like if you're more likely to experience depression or you already are and then you have a child you know you're probably going to have a higher rate of being susceptible to suffering from postpartum um you know and so i think it's I was just about to say that I imagine like you know if you get somebody that's like you get one person that's like hey let's you know let's maybe work through that or let's try to do this as opposed to someone's like you just need to get over it. it's not even it's all in your head or that it's like yeah. that's gotta suck because I know so many guys, so many of my friends that are in relationships with the guys just like that's not a, you know not a thing like you just need it I'm like damn way to be supportive bro yeah and I think yeah so support based I mean if if you're a single mother living alone in New York City and your parents you know aren't involved and you bring your infant home and you can't sleep at night like you know, if you're isolated, that's only going to worsen the symptoms of that. What I what I would like to know more about is some women can experience postpartum for a week, and some some yeah. people never, you know, really have the right tools to cope with it. And that you know, and that can lead to really dark things like killing themselves, killing their baby, like abandoning them, giving them up for adoption because they like have gone through their own thought process of like what if I can't do this maybe I should give this kid away you know so it can get really severe really quickly and if you don't know what it is then you don't know how to solve it so I think you know postpartum needs to be talked about a little bit more well, you know, I know I know that, like, a lot of people talk about how, you know, becoming a parent, like, isolates them from previous friendships. Like, a lot of friends don't want to hang out with somebody that has a kid or yeah. they're like, hey, you want to come to the, oh, you can't come to the party. And they're like, oh, I stopped getting invites to stuff. I stopped kind of. And that sucks. But again, I mean, it's like, you know, it's that it's that change that they're going through, you know, like what we were talking about. Like, I mean, it, it's hard to maintain the same routine when you have this thing that you have to look after, when you have this child that you need to care for. You know, it's especially in like the first few years of life, it's super important to create those strong, secure attachments. Well, yeah, because like the first, like, we don't realize like how much, like they say, so much development happens in the first five years, which is interesting because like you don't really establish memories till a certain age. Yeah, but, that's stored in your subconscious. You but know? yeah, it's we don't in... we don't really think about how much influence the subconscious has on our behaviors every day in our adult life, and that's because it's it's subconscious, like it's not you know something in the forefront of the brain and so kangaroo care secure attachments and tummy time are like the three main things that i've learned to tell like <laughs> i've had tummy time that's what i call it when i go and snack in the i've had a rough day i'm gonna get some tummy time pizza rolls ice cream sandwiches <laughs> you're going somewhere else with that <laughs> <laughs> i was just like i've had my own tummy time but i don't it's not fairly we don't yeah, do the so, same thing so kangaroo care is skin to skin contact um and that's super important for forming those uh attachments that you know there's different types of attachments yeah melissa was saying she, she's like she's she's like well, how do you feel about because you know some people like leave their baby in their crib she's like i you know cuddling with the kid for certain years because it's like there's a, there's that connection like you're actually going to sleep with your child in your arms as opposed to always putting it in the crib see and you know and different people are going to have different opinions about that um and there's four main sty styles of attachment um avoidant attachment disorder secure attachment disorder ambivalent attachment disorder and radical i butchered that but anyway so you know, like one is, and they did a bunch of studies on that too. So when you drop a kid off at daycare, and I got to experience this when I was working in daycares in high school, you leave a kid and one of them's fine. You know, like one is like, all right, cool. See you later, dad. And then the other one cries and cries and cries. is so colicky. It's not even funny. It's like crying themselves sick to the point of throwing up because they are so attached in a negative way that they aren't able to be separated from those parents. Um, you know, and that first one would be an example of like ambivalent. They don't 
I don't really care. They're like, all right, cool, I'll see you later. The second one is an insecure attachment because they're they're crying nonstop. They're unable to be like away from that parent. Um, and I think you know, like in simplifying the healthiest form of attachment is when you drop a kid off and sort of looks at you and sort of looks at the environment and you know looks back at you and you're like I'll be back and it believes that you know like it, it, it has the trust in your relationship but the support and encouragement in their own environment where they're able to be a part so I know a lot of mothers that are like if I hear my baby crying like I just let it cry yeah um so I think yeah I think there's and you know I think it's an it's interesting because it's like when you look at spoiled children and a lot of the times I think that we have the idea that those are only children that were super coddled their whole lives and then they have this mentality as an adult that they're gonna get everything they want whenever they want it um, versus like a person with a secure attachment that has a strong family background but is also like confident in their abilities um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, you know. I would worry about rolling over on my baby, <laughs> yeah. sleeping on it, you know. But that's just I sleep, I turn. And... She, oh, I, yeah, ask that. <laughs> she, I think she was asked that. She was like, you just, you just, I think you like, subconsciously you just know. would know. You yeah. just know, yeah. It, it's it's weird. It's like all these things that just develop that, like again, the, the things that I guess in your DNA or things in your in their, your code that get triggered or get activated rather. Um, and so it's just like, oh, this button's going to come on automatically. It's like, you'll, you'll sense it. You don't have to be conscious to know it. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because it's like, I know we're animals, but looking at other animals in the animal kingdom, there's, we have such a unique and individualized approach to caring for our young. Whereas like, you know, if you look at seagulls on the island of, uh, what is it, Guadalupe? Are you talking no, about Madagascar? Galapagos. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm thinking about Guadalupe. Yeah, I know. Like, hey, by the way, good restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Guadalupe. But good. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, there's seagulls there, and and they give birth to their young. They leave for a week. They come back. They feed it one more time, and then they leave. And whatever bird doesn't make it, they just try again next next you know mating season. So it's interesting because you know we have such a diversified way of approaching how to care for a child. We I, have the instincts that are animalistic. I mean, but like if you look at humanity, if you go around all around the world, we ultimately have like all the different aspects of the animal kingdom because like if you look at yeah. the, the Spartans basically did the old seagull treatment dump you off and well you didn't make it back you didn't toss your ass over threw you off a cliff threw you off a cliff dude <laughs> like that's you know, like, we did that too yeah <laughs> I think it's with as much variation in humanity because it's like you I think it's so funny because it's like there's people that I've met that had a good life and ended up doing well there's you know I had a crappy life that ended up doing doing well but there's people who had my same thing that end up becoming serial killers there's people i know that had a good life that end up becoming serial killers. Mm-hmm. you know it's it's like there's there's so many variables that that are unpredictable that you know because you look at all these these studies we're talking about the other day about you know oftentimes a correlation is linked with a causation but it's like how many of those correlations that link up with causation also had like 10 other correlations that linked up and the variation splits halfway through and you're like oh crap you could say it's from these five but you could just as easily say it's from these five mm-hmm. And then what about all the other things? And it's like, uh, again, eggs are good, eggs are bad. Eggs are good, eggs are bad. Only egg whites. No, but you need the yellow because more protein. <laughs> Do you exercise? No. Okay, yeah, don't eat eggs. <laughs> so, yeah. But well, I mean. Shout know, out to moms. Shout out to every type of mother out there. I mean, single mothers, you know, mothers in um, a homosexual relationship, adoptive mothers. Um, mothers that have passed Two dads away. that become motherly, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you 
know, any combination of what you consider to be a mother. Today's for you, and uh, live yeah. it up. Heck yeah, but like, I think it's attractive. I appreciate. I think maybe because I, I had such a rough childhood, I respect mothers even more. But just you, do, you don't realize like how much like I guess mothers go through and like what it takes. It's like anything that you do that you get a break from, you don't get a break from being a mom. So let's say that you're you're like okay, I finally set time away. My my job's over. It's my day off, and you can tell everybody to go you know, kiss your ass. A mom's like. I can do that up until, guess what? My child needs me, and then I'm going to take care of that. And that's cool as shit, and you don't realize, like, how much, like, your job stops, their job doesn't. Mm. Much love to moms. This has been brought to you by a special Mother's Day special. Woo!